Ezekiel chapter 2, let me get an amen when you're there. Okay, I guess some of you aren't there yet. Let me get an amen when you're there. That's what I'm talking about. All right, all right. We're going to be uh, talking specifically today. We're going to be reading about the character of Ezekiel. He's, he's uh, the prophet Ezekiel. He, he was, uh, his, he was uh, a son of a priest and became a priest himself until the Lord gave him a, a calling um, as a prophet and to go uh, warn his, his people, the nation. Amen. So let, let's go ahead and start it out. So Ezekiel is called uh, verse 1 of chapter 2. He said to me, that's his God speaking, Son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the Spirit came into, him, uh, into me and raised me to my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They, are, they and their fathers have been in revolt against me uh, to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious house, they will know a prophet has been among them. Verse 6, And you, son of man, do not be afraid of their words. Do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you, and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or terrified by them. Though they are a rebellious house, verse 7, you must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen. For they are rebellious. How many times is the word rebellious used in this, right? I mean, come on now. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like the rebellious house for the 23rd time. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Now, back, back when, uh, um, you know, Hebrew writing didn't really have explanation marks. They didn't be like, okay, this is serious. They are rebellious, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation You know, like they're yelling. So instead of doing that, they, re- they used repetitive words. They used it over and over again to know, to make sure that their words are known, to know that it's serious time right now. Now, right here, what we're reading about Ezekiel, where here we have the calling of Ezekiel, and the Lord told him that it was not going to be easy. In fact, he told them that, what, they were rebellious, and most likely they're not going to listen to him. He could say, this is what the sovereign Lord is telling you. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, whatever, and probably curse them out in Hebrew or something like that. You know what I mean? They're not going to listen to him. The Lord is warning him. And yet, we are all called. Everybody here, everybody here, okay, I want you to take a lesson from Ezekiel. We are all called here this morning, amen? Okay? It is not an accident that any of you walked through these doors. All right. Some of you are meant to work in the ministry. Amen. Okay. Can I get an amen for the minister workers? Right. Amen. All right. For the disciples and stuff like that. Some of you are, are meant to work in the, uh, specifically in ministry, like teaching, pastoring, uh, being an evangelist. But some of you are, are meant to be doctors or, or technicians and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But one thing is for certain that we're all called to do, and that is to be a disciple and serve Christ. We are all called to do the same thing as far as uh, serving the church, as far as serving Christ Jesus. And matter of fact, in John 15, 16, the, the Lord Jesus, he says, you, do not, you did not choose me. You didn't choose me, he's saying. He's telling to the disciples, you didn't choose me. <laughs> Come on, now, I'm God, I'm Jesus, I'm the Lord, but I chose you, and not only chose you, but appointed you to go bear fruit, and that fruit, not just fruit, because fruit could rot. Fruit can rot. You understand? You can make disciples then ignore them and backslide and then your fruit's gone most likely. Okay? But he said, go out, bear fruit and fruit that will last. 
You see, Jesus chose you. You did not choose him. He had a calling for you. Amen. Praise God for you accepting the calling. But you see, he set you apart from birth. He knew you before you were even born. Come on now. Now, I want to remind everybody that, that although you might not be working in the ministry right now, you might not be heavily involved like some of us are, this message is still for you. It's still for you. A person chosen by God is a person chosen by God regardless. And a person chosen by God and a disciple of Christ needs to have the, these five qualities right here, according to Adam Clark, his awesome commentary. And A, to be placed in the true vine united to Christ by faith. B, he must not think to lead an idle life, but labor. Somebody say labor. labor. Somebody say the ministry is labor. It can be hard sometimes, but it's, it's rewarding. C, he must not wait to work. Be, uh, he, he must not wait to work be brought to him, but he must go seek it. Come on now, you got to go seek them disciples, amen? He must labor so as to bring forth fruit. You need to labor, you need to work, because the fruit's not just going to be brought to you. Okay, you got to go earn your keeps. You got you to earn your keeps. You got to go out and spread the gospel. You got to go out and do the thing for Jesus Christ, amen? And E, he must refer all his fruit to God. See, he can't take glory for it. Oh, look at this. Oh, I've been saved for this such and such time. And I read the Bible this many times. And I could, I could, I could go ahead and work this Bible back and forth. These, these, this fruit is mine. I created this. No, no, no. That is the wrong idea. That is a prideful idea. We got to first give, give our first fruits to God. Just like we tithe our first, our first, our first uh, fruits of money. We got we to tithe it to the Lord. And the same thing goes. We got to give glory to God whenever he blesses us with anything. We must refer to all his fruits to God. All his fruit, who gave him the power to labor, who gave you the power to labor and blessed him in his work. See, he blesses us. See, when you see God and you, and you, you, you understand the calling that you have in your life, whether it be ministry or not, but it's for sure serving him. When you understand that concept, it is time to labor. It is time to bear fruit. And not just fruit, but fruit that will last and that will last forever. And fruit that will be given to God. Because it's for the glory of God. It's not for the glory of man. I could care less. I could care less. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 3 for me, please. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 11. Let me get an amen when you're there. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys are fast. Flip that page real quick. Verse 11. Go now to your countrymen in exile and speak to them. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Rather, they listen or fail to listen. Okay, come on. Verse 12. Then the Spirit lifted me up. And I heard behind me a loud rumbling noise. May the glory of the Lord be praised in his dwelling place. Verse 13, the sound of the wings of the living creatures brushing against each other. And the sound of the wheels beside them, a loud rumbling sound. Now you see, uh, uh, we didn't read chapter 1, but all of chapter 1 is basically a vision that the Lord gave his eagle of these awesome creatures, man. They're like, they're uh, one side the size of an eagle, uh, the face of an eagle, the other side the, uh, the face of a lion. And when you look stri- directly at them, it's the face of a human. They're, they have wings, they're, they're on fire, literally on fire. And you see, you just, you try to imagine that just blows your mind. Just like, Lord, I can't comprehend something like that. 
You know, you give glory. I just give glory to God. Only you could create something like that because this, 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 can't, this can't figure it out. All right? So this is what he's referring to right there. Verse 15, or no, verse 14. The Spirit then lifted me up and took me away. And I went in bitterness and in anger of my spirit with the strong hand of the Lord upon me. I came to the exiles who lived at Tel Abid near the Kebar River. And there, where they were living, I sat among them for seven days overwhelmed. Now let's focus on the words where it says, I went in bitterness and in anger of my spirit. Why would it say, why would uh, Ezekiel, a chosen man of God that, that had an experience like, like Jesus literally speaking to him, not just speaking to him through the ears, but visually showing him things that no other human has seen. Why would he, why would he go in bitterness and anger? See, Ezekiel was greatly discouraged. Because how many times was rebellious used in the last verses, amen? In the last chapter, it was used over and over again. He was discouraged because he knew what was to come. Ezekiel knew that he was going to be persecuted, and he knew the odds were stacked against him. But even though he sat among them for seven days overwhelmed with emotion, Ezekiel wanted more of God. You see, he sat there in bitterness because he was just, he, was, he knew what was coming. He knew what was coming. He was like, I don't want to do this. His flesh was saying, I don't want to do this. But his spirit was saying, you better go. You see, not only his spirit, but the spirit of God literally lifted him up. Can you imagine, you're like, you, you, if somebody's uh, uh, crossing the street and the Lord's telling you directly, go talk to that person. And you're like, no, no, no. And all of a sudden you go, <laughs> and you start playing. Oh, I guess I got to talk to this person. You know what I mean? No, man, it's just like, imagine that happening to you. The Lord, the spirit of the Lord picked him up and drove him. He's like, you know what? You might not want to do this right now, but you're going to do it. Your flesh is not going to want to do it. But you know what? Ezekiel's uh, spirit wanted to do it. You know why? Because he wanted more of God. Even though he was scared, even though he knew what was coming, he wanted more of God. He understood He understood the calling that God had for him. What Ezekiel was rece- uh, receiving from uh, within the three, within the past three chapters, chapter one, which I mentioned, the chapter two and chapter three, which we read, all right, were what? They were divine experiences. Ezekiel had divine experiences with God, and he knew that if he were to go forward with God, he would receive more. See, it might be hard, it might be hard to flesh, but he knew. He knew if he was going to go forward, he would receive more of that divine experience. He didn't want yesterday's experience, you guys. He wanted a fresh bread. He wanted a new experience. You see, that goes for us. We cannot just, we cannot base anything on someone else's divine experience. You, you need to get one of your own or else you're not going to be pushed. You're not going to be pushed. Well, what is it? What is it that, that, that keeps on going? We know God loves us, yes, but what is it? How did we feel God's love? It was a divine experience in your life. Those of you who are being disciples and ministers of the word, you had a divine experience. You might have been bucking and jerking. You might have been on the floor crying your eyeballs. I don't know what it was, but it was something. And the, it was to show you, it was to prove to you, even though God does not have to prove a thing to us. The world and the sky and the clouds and the trees and the birds find it is proof enough. But he loves us so much that he will continue to prove to us 
His love by the divine experiences that we have in our lives every single day. And we cannot just sit there. We cannot just sit there and say, oh, I'm going to live. Oh, man, yesterday was awesome. Yesterday was awesome. I can't believe I felt that. It's like, no, I cannot wait till what tomorrow has to say. I cannot wait till 10 minutes from now until when I, when I feel the divine experience of God again. We need to want it more. We need to want fresh bread, fresh fire every single day. Or else what's going to keep us going? What's going to keep us going? Nothing. It becomes hopeless. Because then you begin to lack faith. We need faith. How do we get faith? Through God. Through God. His mercy. His divine experience on your life. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody help me preach. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right, now let's go to, let's go to uh, verse 16 of chapter 3. Go a little down. At the end of the seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel speaking, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the, for the house of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to a wicked man, you will surely die. And you do not warn him or speak out of, um, dissuade him. I'm sorry. If you do not warn him or speak out of dissuade him from his evil ways in order to save his life, the wicked man will die for his sin. And right here, focus on this. And I will hold you accountable for his blood. Verse 19. But if you do not warn the wicked man, but if you do warn the wicked man, and he does not turn from his wicked wickedness or from his evil ways, he will die for his sin. But you, but you will have saved yourself. You see, what is that telling us right there? That's telling us that when we go out and do the ministry, when we go out and spread the word of God, if the Lord tells you to go talk to that person, you better talk to that person. If I don't care if it's a toddler or it's a senior citizen, you're going to talk to that person. Because if not, if that person dies as a sinner, his blood or her blood is in your hands. Let me give you an example. When I was in California this week uh, for, for the healing crusade for SUM, the Bible college, uh, we were witnessing, and I had a partner, and it was Chrissy, real cool girl. And then we went out, uh, a big group, and we split up, and we were going in the parking lot. And we, we just said, hey, let's go to that person right there. We're like, all right, let's go. And then all of a sudden, I just went like that. I'm, like, I'm just like, and then all of a sudden, when I turned, I saw a person, and instantly I knew God just moved me. I didn't do it. You ever see that? You ever know, like, when, you, when a baseball's being thrown at you, and <laughs> you know you're not going to catch it? What do you do instinct? Right? <laughs> you hit the ground or something, right? Or when you hear gunfire, maybe not around here. But what do they do in the movies? You know what I mean? Like, oh, who told them to do that? No, it's instinct, you see? Now, now, what exactly made me move? I don't call it instinct. I call it a divine experience of God. Whom? And I just started walking that person. And his name was John. And I witnessed to him. And he ended up ex- uh, accepting Jesus Christ in his life that night. But not just accepting Jesus Christ. Because anybody, anybody could just say, yeah, I'm born again. But he, you could tell it was evident with the tears in his eyes and the sorrow in his heart. He was just raising his hands like, yes, I want this. And he was just praying, and we were praying for him. And it was the most beautiful thing, one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen in my life. You see, that, that is not just a divine experience, but a divine appointment. You see, God will use you even though you, want, you don't want to be used. God used Ezekiel even when Ezekiel didn't want to be used. God used Ezekiel when he, even when he was bitter and discouraged of the persecution that it was in front of him. He still decided to use them because he has mercy on us. 
You see, our flesh is going to fight. Our flesh is going to say, no, 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 I don't want to wake up this morning. I don't want to wake up. Like, you know, I'll give an example. This might not be brutal, but, I, you know, I'm just saying, I don't want to wake up for prayer this morning. Oh, it's 4 o'clock in the morning, you know. Our flesh is going to fight us. It's not going to want to wake up. But what do we have to do? we got to wake up, especially when the Lord tells us to wake up. We gotta wake up, not just in the physical, but in the, in, in the spiritual. We gotta wake up to see the world for what it really is, and it is a lost generation. Amen. You see, everybody here, I hope everybody's saved. I'm pretty sure everybody is pretty much in here. Uh, a good majority of you are being discipled. You see, you can't just stay in this church. We gotta go out. We gotta go out. Because if we don't, everybody's blood that we pass by, their blood is in our hands on Judgment Day. And this type of blood is not gonna wash off. You see, if you get blood on a t-shirt, you can probably wash it off. A little bit of bleach or whatever, right? But this type of blood is not going to wash off. It's going to be on you. And God's going to use that. He's going to say, Adolfo, you remember that one person I, talk, I told you to talk to? We decided not to talk to that person. Look at your hands. His blood is in your hands. What if I was walking and then I was, I was we were going, we were, our target was that one girl. And then all of a sudden my body shifted and I was like, I don't want to go to him. He's scary looking. You know what I mean? I kept on walking. What would have happened on, uh, on the day that I, 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 uh, I die and, I, and I'm, before, I'm naked before God? He would say to me, you remember that guy? His name was John. But you wouldn't know that because you didn't go up to him. He never accepted Christ, and now he's in hell. His blood is in your hands. Let the fear of the Lord be instilled in every single one of you right now. Let, let the fear of the Lord be instilled in every single person in here, including myself, Lord. How many, how many of you ever heard of the phrase, the delight of my eyes? Like, oh, my wife is the delight of my eyes. How many of you guys ever heard that phrase before? The delight of my eyes. Anybody? You know, it's like my sweetheart or whatever. Now, how many of you have one? It could be a husband, wife, a fiancé. Uh, it could be, you know, your kids. How many have a delight in the eyes? Come on, just go ahead. Don't be shy. Be your parents. You know, I'll be honest. The delight of my eye right now is elevated. That is the delight in my eye. I love them. You see but then the delight of the eyes. See, how many of you would say, how many, how many of you would say that person or thing, like elevate for me, or that person like your fiance, your husband or wife, is, is a gift from God. It's from God. How many would you say that? I would. Amen, right? Amen. Now, now what if that, that thing or that person was taken away from you? Would you still do what the Lord asked? Would you still do what the Lord commanded you to do? You see, we've got to remember that. What if, what if your wife or your husband or your kids die? They died in a car accident. What then? If they're the delight in your eye, they are the delight of your eye. That's it. That's right there. Right next to Jesus, I live for this person. Right? What if that person was taken away from you? Because, you know, according to Job 121, we learned that God gives, but he takes away as well. You see, the Lord gives. He gives you. We all, we all said, yeah, yeah, that was a gift from God. Yeah, the Lord gave me this person. The Lord gave me Elevate. But what if the Lord took it away just as easy? Because just as easy, he gave it to you. He could take it away in the blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye. Now let's go to Ezekiel. I, guess, I really want you guys to focus on that, okay? Ezekiel chapter 24, verse 15. Let me get an amen when you're there. Ezekiel chapter 24, verse 15. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, this is God speaking, with one blow, I am about to take away from you the delight of your eyes. Yet do not lament or weep, shed any tears, or shed any tears, verse 17, groan quietly. Do not mourn for the dead, 
Keep your turban fastened and your sandals on your feet. Do not cover the lower part of your face or eat the customary food for mourners. Verse 18, So I spoke to the people in the morning, and in the evening my wife died. The next morning I did as I had been commanded. I'm going to read that again, verse 18. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and in the evening my wife died. The next morning, what did he do? I did as I had been commanded. Now let's go to verse 20. So I said to them, the word of the Lord came to me. Say to the house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am about to desecrate my sanctuary, the stronghold in which you take pride, the delight of your eyes. The object of your affection, the sons and daughters you left behind will fall by the sword. And you will do as I have done. You will have, you will not cover the lower part of your face or eat customary food for mourners. You will keep on, you will keep your turbans on your head and your sandals on your feet. You will not mourn or weep, but, um, but will waste away because of your sins and groan among yourselves. Verse 24, Ezekiel will be a sign to you. You will do just as he has done. When this happens, you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. The Lord gives and he takes away, even if it's your wife or kids or elevate or any type of ministry you're in. You see, five years after the calling of Ezekiel, the Lord takes away the delight of his eyes. Five years after he started his ministry. He was already married at this time. The Bible, isn't, we, we don't know, we don't have any record as if, he had, if, if uh, he had kids or not, but we do know for sure that he had a wife. And the Lord took her away. Why did God take away Ezekiel's wife? You see, he was called, Ezekiel was called to be a shepherd to lead his people, to lead Israel. He was called to be a watchman, to watch over his people. Ezekiel was called to be, right here, the main focus, an example to his people. He was to stay strong and do what, the, what God commanded him to do, which was lead his people. You see, the Lord will use you as an example. He will take things from you that he blessed you with to use, to, to use that as an example. You see, let's say I, I, I'm, I'm getting prideful of my youth group of Elevate. And I'm saying, man, I got the best youth group, man. Yours is garbage. The Lord will take that away from me in a second and will humble me. He will do that purposely. Why? To humble me. God took away Ezekiel's wife. Why? To show as an example of what they're supposed to do when, is, when, when God begins to destroy Israel. You see, no matter what, no matter what tough time you might be going through, now this is this is right here, modern time right now. You got to think about this. This message is for everybody here, everybody, every single person in here. If you are are uh, having financial trouble, you stay faithful to God's commands. If you are having trouble with your family, you stay faithful to God's commands. If you're feeling depressed, you stay faithful to God's command. You must stay faithful to God's commands. If your kid is rebelling, you stay faithful to God's command. If your parents are kicking you out of the house and you're kicked out, you stay faithful to God's commands, okay? When temptation comes, you stay faithful to God's demands because they're not requests. They are demands. He says you must do these things. And the commands in the New Testament are very simple. This is just a handful right here. John 12, 26, whoever serves me must follow me. 
Okay? Watch therefore and pray always. Not sometimes, not every once in a while, not ten minutes every, every, every other day. Pray always that you may, that, that you man be counted worthy. Mark 11, 22, have faith in God. John 15, 20, remember the words that I spoke to you. Matthew 5, 15, in the same way, let your light shine in the same way, Metro praise, in the same way, ministers of God, let your light shine that they may see the good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Mark 5, 19, go home, go home to your family and tell them just how, just how the Lord, just how much the Lord has done for you, just exactly what he took you out of. And how he has had mercy on you. These are just a handful of God's commands in the New Testament. There are so many. And we need to stay faithful to every single one. Just like Ezekiel. Just like Ezekiel, we all have a purpose. Just like Ezekiel, most of us have had a divine experience with God. Just like Ezekiel, we all have all gone through a tough time in our lives. Just like Ezekiel, we must all stay faithful to God's commands, no matter how hard it might get. You see, you need to pray. You need to pray for more Ezekiel in your life. You need to pray for more Ezekiel in your life. Lady, if I can have you on the piano, please. You know, you know why I'm saying we need to have more Ezekiel in our lives? Because Ezekiel translates to God's strength. We need more of God's strength in our lives. No matter what we are going through, we need to stay faithful and strong to God. And not just strong, but we got to recognize the commands and follow them every step, every single step. Do not miss the beats. Whoever serves me, the words of Jesus, whoever serves me must follow me. That's God. That's your God. That's the God we were jumping to just an hour ago, if that. That was the same God we were crying out to. That's the same God that had that, that used us for a divine experience. It's the same God that says, whoever serves me must follow me. The same God says in Job 121 that he will give you a blessing. That the, same, the same moment he can just take it away. It's the same God. It's not different. We, we serve the same God. You understand me? So we need to recognize that today. And if I could have everybody's eyes closed, please. We're going to go ahead and say an attitude of prayer. And we're going to take communion right now. The first Sunday of the month, we always take communion. But I want this. There's a reason why we only take it once a month, because we need to make it special. We need to recognize that, that Jesus' blood was shed for us. We need to recognize that his body was, was ripped open for us. His flesh was broken for us. We need to recognize this. And we need to recognize that God is good. Everybody's eyes can be closed, please. Attitude of prayer. We need to recognize that God will deliver you from anything that you're going through. Anything. So right now, as we take communion, just have that in mind. Have that in mind. Have in mind that the Lord will bless you and and there's a good chance that he'll take it away from you. To test you. To see what you're made of. To see if you're humble and worthy enough to be a disciple. So, if I could have a single file line right after I pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for the message, Lord, that you have given me to share with the ministers, to share with your, with your children, oh God. And Lord, Father, I pray that you reveal yourself more in the hearts of those who disbelieve or are skeptical, Lord, Father. 
Lord Jesus, even more so, I, I pray that you reveal yourself more into the believers and the, and the followers, the ones that follow your commands well, Lord Father. Let them not be discouraged by the world. Let them not be discouraged by the problems in their life. But let them be encouraged by your blood. Let them be encouraged by your body. Let them be encouraged by the commands. Let them not be stressful or heavy, Lord Father. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light, O oh God, and we accept that on our lives right now. We accept that and we claim it in Jesus' name.